Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. fingers outward all day long and find faults on all sorts of things. And yes, we are human. We're not robots, but we're also intelligent enough to realize when we point fingers outward, well, they're not doing it right and they could do this better and that could be done different. While we do that, there are three fingers pointing back at us. I remember my grandmother always telling me, if you point one finger out, there are three fingers pointing back at you. Over the years, it just gotten deeper and deeper into what my grandmother said. And I'm really realizing that, yes, the quality of our communication is the response that we get. What does that mean? I mean, how deep can that go? And, and how rich can our lives be when we realize Hey, it actually starts with me. (laughs) Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. Today on the Innova Buzz podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome Brigitte Herfele as my guest. She's an enthusiastic and really enjoyable coach, and it was a fantastic conversation. She's well known for her expertise in human behavior and communication. Brigitta is a great leader and educator at heart who guides other leaders strategically by sharing her knowledge and experiences. Brigitta once climbed the German corporate ladder, but realized that she preferred being a business owner more than anything else. She built, established, and sold her own businesses. She learned from her many mistakes, but even more than that, she learned from the process of building something new. Brigitta studied the patterns of success, which helped her to refine her coaching skills even more, as she said, than earning two degrees. A big thank you to our sponsor, Flywheel Nation. That's a community crafted for those who dare to strive for more. If you're looking to turbocharge your business growth, Flywheel Nation is your go-to destination. You'll gain exclusive access to resources and wisdom shared by some fantastic high-impact achievers, fostering innovation and driving success. If you're ready for some amazing connections, for some valuable information and resources to skyrocket your business and personal growth, then secure your spot in Flywheel Nation today. Join us at innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. In our conversation, Brigitta shares her personal journey of continuous learning, self-reflection, and the power of affirmations. 
Discover how changing negative self-talk and beliefs can empower you to create a life filled with growth, confidence and success. Some of the key takeaways for me were that continuous learning and personal growth are essential for effective leadership and creating a positive impact. That we should pay attention to our self-talk and challenge negative beliefs to shift our mindset and improve our communication with ourselves and with others. And how we can use affirmations and gather evidence to support positive beliefs, reshaping our identity and creating new opportunities for growth and success. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Brigitte Herfele. Hi, I'm your host, Jorgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited, especially excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Atlanta in Georgia via, well, actually from originally from Heilbronn near Stuttgart, where I was born in uh, the south of Germany, Brigitte Herfele, the CEO and Master Trainer at the Center for NLP. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Brigitte. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest, and we've had some wonderful conversations in our native dialect. Um, so today we're speaking English. <laughs> we will we will do our very best. What an honor to be here, Jürgen. Thank you for um, allowing me and inviting me to be on your on your show. Um, and yeah, let's roll up our sleeves and get started. Excellent. Now you teach and you strategize and you model how to listen and connect and you base that on your studies of leadership and relationships in your own business journey plus all the work you've done in studying NLP and becoming a, a master trainer of NLP. And so when I discovered that and all the other things we had in common, I thought I must talk to Brigitte. And so here we are. I'm really keen to dig into all of that. I'm sure there's probably several podcast episodes we have in us. Let's get started with my standard question. What's the impact you're making in the world today, Brigitte? What's the impact that I'm making? Uh, that's a beautiful question. And the impact that I love to make, and I think it'll eventually um, turn out that that is the impact that I'm truly making, is I'm modeling for others. I'm modeling of how to do it. And sometimes, Jürgen, I'm modeling of how not to do it. <laughs> so the, 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 right? There's, there's learning in, on both sides. Yeah. And, and I, I, I truly believe the impact that I'm making is that people can just, I, I'm not, it's not 180, uh, a turn of 180. It is a 1% better. It is a, how can you listen a little bit better? If you're having, you know, quarrel with your with your spouse or at home and or your children are not listening to you or your children don't feel like you're listening to them or whatever the situation may be or you're you're leading a team and they're feeling that they're not being understood that they're not being heard or you're a leader and you're not feeling or you're you're seeing that your team is not accepting you the impact that i'm making is 1% and it's the consistent 1% better from today to tomorrow and tomorrow to the next day. And that drip will eventually leave a huge impact. And yeah, I, I love to to imagine what that's going to look like in the future. Mm. Yeah, there's so much in that, so much to unpack. As you were talking, I was thinking it's wonderful 
to take everything that we've learned, and in your case that's a lot, and and now you're teaching, and at the same time say, but I'm still learning, I'm still improving, and so the goal is what can I improve on today, what can I do even better today to model. At the same time, you talked about modeling um, not-so-good behavior, <laughs> showing people what not to do, and having the ability, having the humility to say, well, I'm not perfect. Every now and then I fall off the wagon. Um, in terms of positive mindset, sometimes I feel sorry for myself. So uh, recognizing that and and showing people, hey, we're all human. This is not serving me right now, although I'm going to have this moment and then I'll come back and get on track again. So there's so much to love about that. And and the idea of communication, I know when I first discovered NLP and when it clicked for me, the presupposition of the meaning of or the response I get, the meaning of my communication is the response I get was was the thing that kind of turned everything around for me. I, I was always frustrated. I'm not having the impact I want to have. Uh, people don't listen to me. And all of a sudden, I changed that and, okay, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> and it, everything started to fall into place. And and I don't know if, if it's the problem, but it, it's it's something that you know, when we have that awareness, when I had that awareness, and it was a huge awareness, just, you know, it sounds like we had a similar um, awakening. And I'm pretty sure people that are listening are going, yep, I've been there. I've, <laughs> I've, I've actually realized that. And I think in this conversation, more people to realize, well, I can point fingers out, fingers outward hmm. all day long and find faults on all sorts of things. And yes, we are human. We're not robots. But we're also intelligent enough to realize when we point fingers outward, well, you know, they're not doing it right and they could do this better and that could be done different. While we do that, there are three fingers pointing back at us. I can't, I, you know, I, I remember my grandmother always telling me, if you point one finger out, there are three fingers pointing back at you. And, and, and it, it, over the years, it just gotten deeper and deeper into what my grandmother said. And I'm really realizing that, yes, the communication is the response. The quality of our communication is the response that we get. What does that mean? I mean, how deep can that go? And, and how rich can our lives be when we realize, hey, it actually starts with me. Mm. <laughs> you know, when, when I came to the States, uh, in 2004, Jürgen, to build a school, um, the first few years went, I did great. You know, I was like, hey, I'm from Germany. I'm from the Stuttgart area. We make two great cars. And I lived in Munich where there are other two great cars made. So that's a portfolio of four great cars. And, <laughs> and I thought, you know, on top of my degrees and all of, all of the knowledge that I have in crossing cultures, I was, again, I'm going to be really honest with you. I was a little full of myself. <laughs> looking back, looking back, I'm really embarrassed of the person that I was, but I didn't stay that person. I didn't, I didn't, um, 
I didn't, I didn't fall and stay in the puddle and drowned in it. I actually got up. I looked at the fingers that are pointing back at me and go, actually, who's, you know, as I'm pointing fingers out, fingers out, we're going, oh, they're dummies and they're doing this and that, 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 that. Eventually I was like, as things were not falling into place and I was getting results that I didn't like, I finally, one day I just sat down and I was like, okay, so let's strategize this and let's look at all of this. There's a common denominator. What's the common denominator? That's an easy task. <laughs> well, the findings were that the common denominator was this one right here. <laughs> me. Yeah. That was a bitter pill to swallow. I was like, okay, so if I'm the common denominator and things are not working, where do I even begin? Like, what do I even do? What are the things that I don't know yet? When you're so full of yourself as I was and looking at what is it that I don't know yet? And there's so many leaders, so many people out there that, that are quick to say, I know that. And when you say, I know that, then all learning ceases. There's no room for improvement. There's no possibility for becoming vulnerable and learning more and, and, and looking at what is it, where do I, where do I start? What is it that I need to do? And that, I think that was the, the, the hardest part. Where do I even be in the circle of, I don't know, where do I enter that circle? Cause yeah. I, you know, it, it's hard to enter a circle somewhere. When, when you did that, strategy exercise or whatever it was and and you came to the realization hey i'm the common denominator here what what were the first steps you took how did you get started on on the journey that led to where you are today uh <laughs> i remember one of my professors when i still went to school uh, when i studied communications he said you know you have great things in, ahead of you journal them. And now I wish I would have taken his advice to journal the times that like the really hard times. I didn't do that because there's, man, I, the, the nuggets I could find there. So, but let me go back to what, you know, once I realized things got to change, but I don't even know where to begin. Um, I remember reading in a book a, a while ago, that said, keep the main thing, the main thing. I think it was John Maxwell, keep mm. the main thing, the main thing. And I remember that and, and I, and it was such a, um, such a vague and broad concept of keeping the main thing, the main thing. So I was pondering over that. So what is the main thing? What is the main thing here? And what am, what am I keeping the main thing? And the main thing was get, keeping the business going, making, the, it was a school, right? Or it's still a school making the students feel, uh, welcomed and in a place of belonging where they can learn, making the parents feel like they can trust us that we teach their children because they're paying a nice amount of tuition money and making the teachers that are working in the school appreciate it and an honor that they get to work in such an incredible school to teach the children so the parents can trust that the children are learning what they need to learn. So it was a, like a triangle. And that for me, that was the main thing. And at the same time, that took me out of the equation. Hmm. 
but yet it made me the foundation of everything. And I realized that in order for me to grow, I must continue to learn. I must continue to either go to school or take some courses or and that's where I started. I was like, okay, so what courses can I take? Where, what can I read? Where can I go to school? And I realized that if I would just add more school hours, like going to, uh, I would say a regular university, that would be great, but that wouldn't really, and I'm going to use a word that I usually don't use, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better one right now, fix me. I then realized going through that process, I, I want to work on me. I want to work on what's going on in my brain. I want to work on becoming a better human. In order to lead other humans, I need to be a better version of me so I can show appreciation for my staff. So I can show appreciation from the parents. So I can show appreciation for the people around me. And that's when I learned the concept that I never learned in Germany. You get a, you get to appreciate this. To actually love your clients, <laughs> love the people that you're working with. And that was so, that was such a foreign concept. And when I realized I can do that, I can, they're, they're not my enemy. They're part of something greater. I can care for them, I can love them, and I can show them love and appreciation. That was a game changer, Jürgen. Hmm. And, you, and you can learn from them, particularly now in this new mindset of I want to learn more and I want to improve. Which is, uh, yeah, that's a... He's just died. That's a big one. Yeah. So there's but some again, it, so there's some, it oh. wasn't easy. Oh. It that was that was no easy task, <laughs> but it was what it but it was a really important one. Hmm. There's something you said there that I'd like to pick up on and, and it's certainly around I mean people listening to this podcast are all lifelong learners they're all listening to this podcast listen to a whole lot of other podcasts they do a whole lot of programs and all kinds of things to learn more to continue their own development the idea for people that are looking for that learning to say i need to fix myself um so i think you probably agree with this. None of us are broken. Right. Oh. That's that's and why I have, said I usually yeah, don't yeah. use that word. <laughs> yeah. And we have we have everything we need inside of us. It's just go we've just got to develop it, evolve it, and sometimes bring it to the surface, which comes back to the whole idea of communication. And you mentioned before journaling as a way to get some of those thoughts out from maybe what's inside of us, what's unconscious, um, maybe something that we were thinking 20 years ago, come back and revisit that now and say, wow, I've come a long way. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about this whole idea of using communication with ourselves to tap into some of those things. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like to say 
if you would listen to how you're talking to yourself, sometimes I talk to myself, like I would not allow anyone, not one single person, not even my mother to talk to me like that. They would get an earful if they would talk to me like that. And yet I'm saying those very hurtful and, and, and very nasty things sometimes to me. And I don't even realize it. And we, and that's, you know, I think we all have that within us. The goal is to not just stop it, but to become aware of what are you telling yourself and how are you telling it yourself? And if you really continue to tell it yourself in that way, do you really think that your inner child, that your inner psyche is going to go, you know what? You got a really good point. I'm glad that you said it that way. So now I'm going to actually follow up on that and, and change. No, that's not how it works. So just like we, as we build rapport, which is one of the fundamental strategies of neurolinguistic programming, just as we build rapport with others, we sometimes would be beneficial if we would love ourselves and build rapport with ourselves and listen to ourselves and become aware of how can we pace ourselves? How can we appreciate in the moment that we're in right now and maybe take ourselves out of that moment if it's not serving us? And I'm saying all of that, you know, it sounds very simple, Jürgen, <laughs> but boy, that is one of the hardest things, right? Mm. And it starts with that acknowledgement and awareness that, yes, I am using those words. Yes, I am using that tonality with me. And yet it's not changing anything. So the concept that you said earlier, the meaning of the communication is the response that we get. It starts with working on ourselves. And if we continue to have this thinking, thinking, this, this, this non-supportive self-talk, and yet we, we want to have different results, we first got to be aware of what are we telling ourselves? I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm, I'm to this. I'm to that. I never did this. They always do this. And then I do that. There's so much mind chatter that's going on. And, and it truly only will come to the surface when we, A, are vulnerable enough and allow it and actually go and 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 seek someone that we can talk this through and strategize it and let it out and maybe journaling is a great first step to that just writing it out and then you know realizing if we're really journaling not hello my dear diary today is march 17th and i am feeling very happy today that's very superficial hmm. right I've seen those journals because I've wrote those journals before myself. <laughs> but when we really, when we really write down what's moving us, what, what, what gets in the way, what's working, what's not working. I like to call it daily inventory. What's really working and what got in the way? Well, you know what? My mind chatter of this is hard. I can't do this. I don't have all of the resources. I don't have the money. I'm not good enough. Um, and then really digging deeper on. When did you, when did you decide that you're not good enough? When did you decide that you don't have the money? When did you decide all of these things that you're telling yourself? Cause they're all BS. They're all a belief system, hmm. right? That's what I call a BS, a belief system. They're all a belief system that have formed 
over decades, often, and often during our imprint phase when we were little, and we can become aware of it, and then we can bring the resources as a resourceful person that we are today and change some of those things in the past. We can't change the past. We're not magicians. No. But we can change how we feel about it. And we can gather evidence. And here's the key. You'll get, you'll get a kick out of this. We're so good at gathering evidence of why things are not working. And we can tell you, I can tell you 5,000 things of why things are not working that way. As humans, we love to gather evidence. And often we gather great evidence for things, why things are not working or why they're going wrong or all of those things that are non-supportive. And it works, right? A belief system is based and, and supported by evidence. So That's if it right. works in a non-supportive way, here's the good news. It actually it works, works the other way, yeah. in a positive it's, and supportive yeah. way too. All we got to do is start gathering the freaking evidence. Yeah. That's all we got to do. You change our focus. You talked about uh, the John Maxwell quote, keeping the main thing the main thing. And um, it's it's the old story of, you know, if we buy if we buy a red Tesla, all of a sudden we see thousands of red Teslas on the road that that we'd never noticed before. And how come there's so many red Teslas around all of a sudden just because I bought one? No, <laughs> they were always there. You just didn't notice them. You didn't pay attention to them. So it's, yeah, it's uh, focusing on on a different belief system and all of a sudden you see the evidence that, yeah, that belief is actually pretty good too. Yeah. And, and again, very simple, but not... Not easy, yeah, yeah. I've I've struggled with journaling. I've sort of <laughs> I'm a um, very haphazard journaling purse journaler at best, and I do the same thing. I felt good today. I had a good exercise session. The bike ride was fun, and and that kind of stuff. And then I think, well, this is really not very helpful when I come back and read it again later on. Uh, the the idea, and I've discovered a prompt. Um, it's it's an uh, app actually that prompts you to look at what worked really well today, what were some of the barriers you faced, and what can I, what are the action steps I'm going to improve on? And I thought that's much more powerful because it kind of focuses in on that. Um, I'll have to take your suggestion and add this the self talk part to that because I've been talking a lot to people in in the speech group uh, the speaking group i'm in about um, self-talk and in the light of a lot of people join this group because they're afraid of public speaking they're afraid well they're afraid of public judgment actually but so that gets in the way of them speaking and then they get up and they say things like oh, i'm really sorry i'm nervous today or i'm really sorry i haven't uh, prepared this as well and and so that's the first self-talk and i say we don't need to know that in fact don't even say that out loud because what you're telling yourself is this is going to suck because i didn't prepare it well enough or this is going to suck because i'm nervous i said a we probably won't be able to tell uh, b you're just setting yourself up for failure by sort of embedding that as almost as a command to yourself and and so 
to start to become cognizant of those and write those down, I think is really valuable. And and you're right. It's it's like a post-hypnotic suggestion to ourselves, and it's then it then becomes a piece because now it's an affirmation, and then they go back and say, "See, yeah, I, told I told you, you I, so. I yep. sucked. <laughs> See, I told you." So it's it's again, it's evidence. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't it fun? <laughs> how 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 interesting we are as humans. But once we have the lenses of what it like the patterns, what that looks like in a non-supportive way, it's the same pattern only on the flip side in the supportive way. Hmm. If we strip down just on the on the scaffolding, like I, I like to, you know, look at the scaffolding and where you and I grew up, there's, you know, when houses are built, I don't know how things are in Australia, but when houses are built back in Germany, there's a big scaffolding that is put up on the entire structure so then the building, first the framework and then the building can be built within that scaffolding. And when we can have that, when we, when we know the scaffolding, the, 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 it's not even a framework, it's just the bones. And we know what it looks like and we, we don't like what's being built inside of the scaffolding. We could just take the scaffolding, take it over here and build something that we really, really like. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. You you mentioned earlier about some of your own self-talk and, and how brutal that is and how you wouldn't let anybody else talk to you like that. And, and I often think, oh, <laughs> I hope nobody talks to me like that. You know, I, I might have a thought like, man, that was stupid. <laughs> and, and that's probably one of the more harmless ones. How do you how do you get to the position of um, yeah reversing that turning that around and then looking at the belief that underpins that uh, why am I saying that to myself like there's there's an incident maybe I trip over the stairs and say man you're clumsy um, so that's the negative self talk and that's only a trivial little thing but there's a belief a complete belief system that underpins that, that impacts on a whole raft of um, much more serious things and, and gets in the way of me achieving certain things. How do you kind of get at that and, first of all, be aware of that, pick that up in the moment? Um, because a lot of that conversation is unconscious, right? It's pick, very Pick up those unconscious and make it conscious and then externalise it to the point of view of, no, you don't get to talk to me like that. Yeah, there, there are several steps. So the let, let's just take the clumsiness, right? And we can insert, I'm fat, I'm dumb, I'm insert whatever it is. And when you tell yourself, I am, that is an affirmation. Hmm. Like we, on the flip side again, you know, I am healthy, I am successful, I am wealthy. Those are all um, positive affirmations. And when we tell ourselves, oh, that well, that was, you know, I'm, I'm clumsy or I'm fat or I'm this or I'm, I'm to this or I'm to that. Those are all affirmations. And then when we do say we trip, to, to take your example, I trip and then I tell myself internally, I'm clumsy. Well, A, that's another affirmation. So it, it, it strengthens the belief system. B, 
That's evidence. Ah, there you go. Here I am again. More evidence. Just stack it on top of the other evidence. And therefore, it becomes more your truth. So in order, when you're journaling or when you're realizing this is what you keep telling yourself. And it's, I think we can, it can boil down in a person to, you know, three to five major beliefs that they have. Clumsy, fat, skinny, whatever. Um, dumb or socially awkward or not able to drive or whatever someone is telling themselves. So if you look at what's the five, the, th let, let's just say three, because three is easier than five. What are the three most reoccurring belief systems that you catch yourself? So now you're programming yourself. That's the P in NLP, the programming part that you have programmed yourself to tell yourself that. So when you're becoming aware of, and that takes some conscious paying attention in times where you are, where those things happen subconsciously. So, you know, you wake up, you go into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you're ugly. That's happening on a very subconscious mm. level. But when you are realizing, when you're starting to journal, when you're starting to work with a coach, when you're starting to work with a consultant, a mentor, someone, not a, not from your family, but someone that really knows what they're doing, um, to uncover some of these belief systems, you can, and, and you think back, when are, when I'm, when am I more likely to tell myself those things? When I trip, I'm clumsy. When I look in the mirror, I'm ugly or I'm fat or I'm skinny or whatever. So you can program yourself to start paying attention to catch it because it happens in a nanosecond. Catch it. And then you got to be ready to have an affirmation that you want to replace that thought with. So rather than telling yourself I'm clumsy, you can tell yourself that you're very balanced. Or you can tell yourself that you're, you know, uh, walking uh, with strength on Mother Earth or whatever it is that you want. Or instead of saying, you know, you're ugly or I'm ugly, um, I'm beautiful. I love myself. And if that is not resonating with you yet, then say something a little bit more neutral. I am on, I am doing something to be on the journey of loving myself or hmm. to be beautiful. So you want to, as, as in rapport, when you're building rapport with someone else, you're constantly testing. When you have a conversation with someone, you build rapport with someone, you build a relationship. There's a, there's a, there's like a built in test. When you say something, your, your subconscious mind is paying attention. How does that land with the other person? You see it in their face. They might go, you know, they might, you know, raise their eyebrows and, and, and have a, an, an agreeing nod, or they might frown and they might shake their head. And all of that, again, happens very subconscious and, it, and it gives a, a, an immediate feedback to our, to my subconscious mind. They didn't like that or hey, they liked it a lot. Hmm. And that's just through, you know, nonverbal communication. The same happens within us. When I say an affirmation, rather than saying I'm ugly and reframing it and then saying I'm beautiful, there's a test in that. 
And the test is, oh, you're just lying to yourself. So there's then more self-talk. Who are you even kidding? Look at you, right? So you want to pay now, you're programming yourself to pay attention to what else does come comes up when you're having that reframe. And then you can look at where does that all stem from? Like, where does that come from? Who told you you're ugly? Yeah. And that t- that happens over time. That is not like a five minute conversation. That's right. yeah. And that will and, reoccur yeah. and it, it'll come up. And eventually you might realize, well, wait a minute. It was, it was the, the pastor's wife that always said something behind my back. Or it, it was someone silly, right? Hmm. Or it was, it was my teacher that always called me clumsy. You again, you'll, you'll get, you'll appreciate this and I'll translate it for um, everyone that's listening. But my oldest sister, she's 10 years older than I am. I'm the baby of the family. And, and if it were up, up to my parents, my dad had a vasectomy and two days before the vasectomy, they conceived me. So I'm meant to be here. So I'm 10 years younger than my oldest sister. And my, and I was like the doll for my sisters. I have a nine year old older sister and a 10 year old sister. And my oldest sister always called me Tikale. She always <laughs> called me little fancy. Yeah. That was her way of showing her love to me. But guess what? That's mm. who I was. I was Tikale for a really, really long time. And I hated every pound on my skin, on my body. And it took me years until I realized that my sister lovingly called me that and it became my truth. Hmm. And she never meant any harm ever. And yet it became my truth until I decided and it made, it was a conscious decision that that is not my truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? It's um, I've got, I've got I can share some stories like that that go back to my very young childhood, um, but yeah, that would take us into a very long episode. <laughs> well, what I did want to follow up on, you talked about um, standing in the mirror and saying, "Okay, let's take the I am fat." example and say well no i don't want to be fat so i i am skinny or i am athletic or i am beautiful i'm exactly the right shape and weight uh and and then seeing how that resonates now in my experience doing something like that there's kind of like you know you feel either a little um chill run up your spine or you feel a queasy feeling in your gut or something that's you that's your unconscious telling you, calling BS on that, right? So that's they're the things to actually pay attention to. The thing I'd like to explore, though, you you used a lot of I am statements, and coming back to the idea of communication and language and the language part of NLP, uh, if we say I am clumsy, for example, I'm making that part of my identity and. And anything that threatens my identity, I will defend to the death. Whereas if I say, man, I just had a clumsy moment, that's, 
I can reframe that very easily without challenging my identity. So how, talk to us a little bit about the use of language in, in that kind of context. So you're disas with, with that kind of reframe, with a contextual reframe, you're disassociating your being from the actual event. Hmm. So you're, you're going from a I am, I am clumsy to ha. And, and it's, it's literally, I mean, look at my body language. It's, it's a hmm. shifting to the side and looking at what happened. It is disassociated because when you're saying I am, you, you, as you said, it's, it's identity and you are associated. You are in it. You are it. Hmm. And when we look at what Robert Dills teaches on the neurological levels, the identity is one of the hardest parts within the neurological levels to change. It's, it's right before purpose and mission. So the, 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 the cognizant decision of that does not, this, this me tripping over something, does not identify who I am. This uh, excess weight or fat does not identify who I am. And when I realize that, when I can A, change my language to shift that, it also opens up the opportunity of now looking at what do I need to do because you, you, you mentioned the chills running down your spine of, that's BS. No, who are you kidding? Right now that opens the opportunity of what is it that I need to do to be even more stable in my gait or to be even more athletic or healthier in my body. And it, and it allows for possibilities where if we're continuing to say it in, in that negative way, we A, affirm it, and B, there's no, it is what is. It's already there. You're it. It's your identity. Hmm. But when you, when you, um, do not accept the behavior anymore, right? Accept the person, but don't accept the behavior. You're not accepting that behavior anymore. Whatever the behavior is, eating, overeating, uh, clumsiness, whatever then you it opens the opportunity of okay so what can i do different and how can i do it different oh suddenly it's a it's it becomes light it's like oh i can do this it's doable mm. but you're not identifying it with it anymore yeah yeah that's um it's very powerful isn't it and um reframe is one of my favorite nlp tools i use it all the time all the time every day just simple reframes in all kinds of different things. And I find myself doing it completely unconsciously. Somebody will say something to me and I'll just give them a straight reframe answer. <laughs> oh, really? Never? I can never do this. Oh, really? Never? Was there ever a time when you could do it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, there was something else I was um, going to ask and it just slipped my mind. <laughs> I'm so forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> what you wanted to say, Jürgen, is I will remember in a minute what I wanted to ask Brigida. <laughs> yes. Because uh, when you say it slipped my mind, that's literally what happened. It went like, <laughs> but when you can reframe it, hmm. 
and say, oh, I'll remember it in a second. Yes, exactly. Uh, what I wanted to say, and you've done it, you've got me remembering, what I wanted to ask was the um, changing beliefs. Uh, we kind of glossed over that a little bit and we went down the track of um, language, talking to ourselves, identity and self-talk and so on. Changing beliefs, you, you mentioned that beliefs, we often form them very young and at some point we've probably outgrown them or they no longer serve us. Uh, so it's good to find a different belief. Talk to us a little bit about changing beliefs because a lot of people think that this is kind of a, a big deal and huge thing and yet it, I've seen it happen like that and, and I know you have. I know you've probably helped people to change beliefs like that. Uh, how can we challenge some of the beliefs that we know this belief is not serving me, it's getting in the way? How can we challenge them in a way that, that you know we can perhaps change it like that? And we can change it like that. A belief is a, is a is a feeling of certainty, and when we're certain of something, and certainty comes through evidence. When we're certain of something, then that's how our belief is formed, and it's stacked evidence upon evidence upon evidence upon evidence. And I I I'll, I'll share with you an exercise that I do with my clients very very often. It's a very simple exercise, and and I want to invite everyone to do it. Uh, as you're building a new belief, um, you can build a belief table. So you imagine you have a white piece of paper and you draw a table, just a tabletop with four legs underneath. You don't have to be an artist to do that. It's very simple, trust me. And on the belief table, you lay the words of the belief that you desire to strengthen or to have. So with a lot of my clients, it's you know, self-worth or success or confidence. Let's go with confidence. So we lay the word confidence on the belief table and then I ask them, so where, when were you confident the last time? And then often what, what I often get is, oh, I can't remember. Well, that's laziness. <laughs> so then I ask again, so there was a time maybe last week, did you not go golfing last week? Oh yeah, I went golfing last week. Okay, so let's take let's take your golfing trip last week. When were you confident when you were golfing? Oh, actually, I did that one swing and then I did and then I did this and I felt like that was awesome and I felt so confident and it was just easy sailing through the whole golf course. And I'm like, "Okay, great. So there was a time when you were confident." Okay, great. Now you're going to write that first uh, golf course incident of feeling confident as one uh, leg under your confident table. Okay, great. Now, when were when was there another time that you felt confident? Now it's easier once you get the ball rolling. It's easier to find other evidence to find to feel confident. And I lead them through it, and before you know it, we have eight, ten, twenty legs under the table. There's got to be a minimum of four, but I know that everyone can find more than four legs under that table. And I say a minimum of four because in order for a table to stand strong, you got to have four legs. So the more evidence and the more specific evidence you can find to whatever you put on the tabletop, the better it is. And that's how you build an, a, 
a belief system. Very simple, a very simple exercise. Now, on the flip side, we can also create a table of a non-supportive belief, put the non-supportive belief on the tabletop and write down all of the mind chatter, all of the stinking thinking, all of the evidence that we have gathered of why we are that belief system and write it down as legs under this table. And then bit by bit, you're going to go through and you're going to evaluate, is this still true? Is that evidence of your sister saying you're fat? Is that still true? Ah, let's saw that table leg. And then you start sawing table legs off under the table and then you have it right there. I, I actually have you again. This is such a good example. I have a client. Um, he took one of our uh, certification courses in uh, March this year. And everyone in class on the last day as part of their certification process, everyone built a supportive belief table, what they are, uh, a belief that they are strengthening and a, and a belief that is no longer serving them. And they took it home. And I kid you not, I talked to him on Monday and he says, guess what? And I said, what? He says, remember what we did in class on the last day? Well, the dog literally ate my homework. He <laughs> ate my non-supportive <laughs> belief table. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> Chewed up all the leaks. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, I love the the metaphor of, of the table. and. Yeah, it's, it's really, I talk to people all the time. Like I had a conversation recently where people have said, Oh, I don't like change and I, I don't deal with change, uh, very well. And then we get, got to talking about choices and I say, Well, I've got no choice in that change. And <laughs> then it comes back, then they generalize from there. Well, I, I don't have a choice in anything. And, and then I, I do. I don't quite do the, oh, really? You've never, ever had a choice in your mind? I said, well, did you choose the clothes you're wearing today? Or did somebody else choose them for you? Uh, no, I chose them. Did you choose what to have for dinner tonight or did somebody else choose it for you? I've got to be careful with that one depending on if I know they don't cook, I, <laughs> I don't ask that one. But there's there's a whole bunch of things like that that I can say and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I chose what I wear. I chose the route I drove to work today um i chose what time i got up this morning i chose what time i went to bed last night i chose which movie to watch on friday night i chose the wine that we drank with dinner on friday night hey you're a master of choice <laughs> <laughs> evidence yeah so yes reframing can be so powerful well this is absolutely wonderful, Brigitte. We could go on talking for hours and hours and hours, and um, maybe we can Easy. schedule another episode at some point. But I think it's a good good time now to move on to the buzz, our innovation round. So five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is that you'll give us some really insightful answers that inspire an action, a specific action from the listener today so that they can go and do something awesome and build their confidence muscle um, add to that table to those legs of the positive belief. Super. 
So what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Listen. <laughs> Listen. Like, like not just listen with your ears, but listen with your entire being. Listening is so important. And in NLP, we, you know, listening with your eyes, listening with your sense of touch, we call it calibrating. Do you want to become a master at shutting up and not wait? Cause some people get listening and waiting mixed up. It's not waiting. It's actually listening and really paying attention with all of your senses. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, it's uh, the last episode we recorded uh, just a, an hour or two hours ago. We were talking about listening in terms of having great conversations. And I, I said, well, you know, one of the issues with listening, people think listening is just waiting their turn to speak. And all they're doing is figuring out, okay, what am I going to say? You know, do I agree with this or not? Uh, formulate my response. Whereas you've got to shut that down, suspend any judgment, and just, as you say, listen with your ears, eyes, senses. Excellent. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, listen to others. And listen to myself, listen to my family. If it weren't for me listening, and I think it was the Dalai Lama that said it, um, if, you, if you only talk, you hear the same thing over and over again, but if you listen, you actually learn something new. And when we learn something new, I love the idea, and I, and I teach it, the idea of learn, do, teach. So when I learn something new, I do it, I implement it, and therefore I model it. It's another law of NLP. I model it to others, therefore I'm teaching it. Hmm. Yeah, so taking that step. So what you learn by listening, taking that step of, okay, I'm going to try this out, and then in, in public, model it and teach it, yeah. I don't know who it was that said, um, if you want to learn something, teach it. Um, but there's, I'm sure there's a quote similar to that. All right. Favorite resource you use most often? A favorite resource I use most often. Hmm. My husband, <laughs> but that's not something that my husband's very knowledgeable. I, I really look up to him. He is like, um, I could easily Google it, but he gives me such good context. Um, that, and there's so many people that say, Christian, how can you, how do you know all of those things? <laughs> um, so I think my action step that I would encourage others. Find someone that you really trust and look up to, to have, because there's also communication when I, hmm. when I trust him and I, I ask him, um, there's, there's more than just, it's, it's different than if I would just Google it. Yeah. Right. So I want to encourage others, go, f go meet really cool people that know interesting things that you can have a conversation with and get their insight. And that doesn't mean that we always agree. I don't always agree with him, 
but it gives me another it gives me another perspective. Hmm. Yeah, and again, the idea of listening doesn't require agreement, but it does require suspending judgment, right? So you can listen and say, hmm, that's an interesting thing. I'd never thought of it like that. Why why are you thinking that way? Why why are you taking that view on things? And that's that's a learning opportunity rather than, well, I don't agree with that. Or like you said earlier, I know all that already, which is yeah, and like I shutting think, off. You know, nowadays we just have too much of that, and I want no part of that. Hmm. Yes, I, um, my son is somebody who has an immense array of knowledge in all kinds of things, and I, my wife and I often say, to her, "How the hell does he know all that stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> And like you say, it's it's more than like he he works for Google, but it's more than just googling it. Like the insights that you get from talking to him about those things are quite interesting, quite fascinating. So find someone like that. All right, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? Uh, I love goal setting, um, but goal setting not just for the sake of a to-do list or here are my next action steps, but really checking in what specifically, like which intentional action, and sometimes it's just one or two, do I need to take today? And then when once my client, you know, and, and I have uh, those calls with my client, once my client then says, this is what I'm going to do today, or this is what I'm going to do by X date, and then I check in and then we celebrate. So it's the, it's the full circle of anchoring in the success of, I said, I'm going to do this. I did it. I took action on it. And now we get to anchor it in. And then from that anchor, okay, so now what are you going to do? So it's a constant upward motion and a momentum. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Uh, lo and I love the celebration part, I think, is such a powerful thing and such an overlooked thing because often, and I catch myself doing this all the time, so, okay, tick, it's done, move on, next thing. Yeah, oh, well, and, no, no big deal. <laughs> and yeah, exactly, uh, it's no big deal. And even if somebody says, oh, well done on that, I know it's I've got to move on because I've got to get to the next step now. Um, but actually that anchoring, reinforcing, celebrating, taking the time to actually celebrate and what did I learn and reflecting on it and then the moving on is so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, and and we, in our house, you know, as our children were growing up, we would sometimes sing, sing this is how you do it. And then we would just dance with it. So, you know, I tell my clients, if you want to celebrate with a Magnum bottle of champagne, do that. Yeah. But if you want to celebrate with dancing, you know, silly in the kitchen, then do that. Whatever floats your boat, do it. But do something. Hmm. Yes. Make it a... Make it clear that this is us celebrating. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, last question to the buzz round. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Be themselves. <laughs> I have this conversation with um, my daughter just recently who's, who's about to go to college. 
And she is building her um, pet sitting and babysitting business over the summer. And she's been doing that. So she's building a website. And I said, so how are you different from all of the pet, pet sitters and babysitters and house sitters in the area? And she goes, huh, well, I don't know how I'm different. And, um, and she was thinking like super big of how she needs to be like super different. And, and she realized as, she, as we were talking about it, that the way that she shows up and the checking in, you know, making little videos and doing little videos afterwards and saying thank you for giving her the opportunity to work with them, that already set her apart from the majority of people. Yeah, 99%. And she realized, she's like, wait a minute, really? It's that simple? Mm. I can differentiate my, myself just by doing that. So it doesn't have to be anything big. Mm. And I think the smaller it is and the more mindful it is, the more impactful it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's a really important message there. And also, it comes back again to a conversation I was having in the last podcast, which is the things we, we often do things that others highly value and we take so much for granted. So it's coming back to this awareness of, oh, I do that all the time. Um, isn't that the way everybody does it? Well, no, it's not. 99.99% of people don't do that. <laughs> You do, and people notice and say, wow, I got a personal video from my pet sitter, um, or I got a video from my pet sitter showing me my my pet and while I was on holiday and showing that my pet's absolutely loving the attention it's getting right now and it's um, having a wonderful time. And that not only is that giving a personal connection, that's making me feel like, oh, I can relax on my holiday because my pet's been taken well care of. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for this fabulous conversation, Brigitte. Now, where can people find out more about you, about the Centre for NLP, and maybe even get in touch and say thanks for what you shared today? Yeah. Uh, very easy. I make it very simple. So simply Google uh, Brigitta Höfele, that it, there's only one Brigitta Höfele out there, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-A-H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E, or even easier Google Center of NLP or centerofnlp.com. I'm on all social media with Brigitta Höfele, and we're on all social media with Center of NLP. So it's very simple to find us. Excellent. And we'll have links in the show notes as well, so people can click straight through. So, Brigitte, what action would you like our listener to take out of today's conversation? Action step and and a reflection on that action step. Well, I think one action step that I encourage everyone to take is take inventory of what works for you and do more of that. And when you're becoming aware of something that you continue to do, but you either don't like doing it, or you're not well, you're, it, it's not serving your results, then replace it with something that's more uh, beneficial to you. Because, and this is what I leave with a lot of my clients, you become what you think, and you attract what you feel, and you generate what you articulate, and you create what you imagine. Love it. That's fantastic. All right. Well, that's a, a pretty clear 
action. And I'm curious, um, share with us what you come up if you're comfortable in sharing it. I imagine some of that might be highly personal, but if you're comfortable in sharing, then please do share it in the comments to the episode or send Brigitte and me a message on social media or an email. So thanks so much, Brigitte. I've really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, thanks for sharing your time with us, so your insights, your wisdom, your stories. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to staying in touch. And I was reading on one of your about pages how you bake a mean Hefezopf, and you'll have to read about what that means if you don't know what a Hefezopf is. But that's one of my very favorite cakes. My mother used to do a fantastic Hefezopf. So one day I'm going to have to come visit and, and sample yours. Please do come visit and I'll make one mit einem Haufen Butter drin <laughs> with a lot of butter. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Brigitta. Thank you, Jürgen. I hope you enjoyed that engaging and thoroughly insightful, informative conversation with Brigitta and took something away from her episode, most importantly. So as you reflect on this episode now, I suggest taking Brigitta's advice, take inventory of what works for you and do more of that. Strengthen it, see what you can improve. And when you're becoming aware of something that you continue to do, but either you don't like doing it or it's not serving you or giving you the results that you desire, then replace that with something that's more beneficial to you. I'm curious to find out what happens. Brigitta's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Brigitta Herfele. That is B-R-I-G-I-T-T-A-H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E. -E. All lowercase, or one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Brigitta Herfele. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Brigitta there, as well as links to her websites, her podcast, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. Jürgen, Jürgen, before if I can interrupt you real quick, right? For those people that have been listening to Jürgen's show for a while, or this is your first time, here's my request to you. When you finish listening to this, go and find a place to rate and review this podcast. Be honest and share it with someone you care about. The way that podcasting works, it's driven by being shared organically and the algorithmic way of reviews. If the system can tell it's being listened to, it will put it out to more people and organically people can come and find this that aren't connected to your networks. That's my encouragement to you. Jürgen has busted his hum. He's doing it. He's doing it, right? He's putting himself out there and connecting with some incredible people. That's my encouragement to you. And the law of reciprocity will figure out a way to reward that action many, many times over. Thanks for that, Laban. Also, make sure to get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For the cost of just a cup of coffee, you can have your very own permanent record of this show. 
Half of all the revenue from this episode token will go directly to Brigitta as the guest of the episode and the other half goes towards supporting the show. Think of it as a way to show support for Brigitta and tell her that you loved her episode. Brigitta suggested we have a conversation with Annie Gibbons, founder of Women's Biz Global, and with Johnny Cass, CEO of Brilliance Lab, on future InnovaBuzz podcast episodes. So Annie and Johnny, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Brigitta Herfele. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.